welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're brand new to the show, we appreciate you joining us as well. Uh, Today, we are going to get after uh, child trafficking. You know, look, I don't, I don't beat around the bush. I, you know, I take hard cultural topics and we get after it. Over the weekend, I, I don't normally do this. This is going to be a little unusual. Uh, but over the weekend, I went and watched the, uh, the movie, The Sound of Freedom. Uh, it, was, it was time. It needed to happen. Uh, why did I go see it? Look, I, I've been uh, in my life. I've spent a lot of my life attempting to and not always doing the best job in the world, but attempting to uh, protect, uh, help, guide, mentor younger folks, uh, in particular, mostly teenagers. And uh, it has it, it just it, it's it's got a really, uh, I got a really soft spot in my heart for the struggles of teenage life. Now, much of that stems from my own past. Not going to lie. I'm going to be honest with y'all here. Uh, I had an interesting, uh, adolescence, uh, you know, it came from a broken family, you know, that kind of a thing. That being said, uh, when I put my heart into that work, it had a lot of meaning to me. Uh, one of the things that I always tried to keep at the, at the top most important priority, the very single most important, was to, to make sure that every kid that I came in contact with, every single one, felt cared for. And at that was that was it. Like I, I, whether I you know helped them with anything or not, it didn't matter. I wanted to make sure that they felt like I actually gave a crap about them. Um, and so uh, I was obviously when this movie came out, I was listening to some of the reviews and stuff like that. And yes, it's very much Hollywooded out. But let me give you a couple of takeaways. One, child trafficking is a real problem. And it's a real problem that is in a cultural blind spot. Those of you who don't know that it exists, who haven't experienced dealing with it, you may not think it's a thing, but it's all around us. I worked when uh, some of you have probably heard me talk about it uh, in the past. I worked with gang members for probably almost six years. Actually, I know it was almost six years. I was about three months shy of six years. And one of the things that became really evident to me is there's, there's two ways to make money in the gang world. Uh, well, there's a few more. But generally speaking, it was drugs and it was sex. Those are the, the two main ways of making money in the gang world. That is right here in the U.S., it's it's happening all over the place. If you live in any kind of an urban area, even if it's you know not a huge urban area, and you see graffiti or tags, paintings, depending on who you are and what your knowledge background is, you see that. I am telling you with absolute certainty, there's two things that is happening there. Okay, drugs. And sex. Now there may be some other things, right? We know that those those tags, those uh, the, those paintings, as some people might call them, uh, those those are not just to destroy property. 
They are for the specific purpose of sending a message. You send messages that way. You mark territory that way. There's a lot of ways in which that's used, but it's for the purpose of promoting themselves. And generally, it's to raise money. At some level, it comes back to the idea that that's how they make a living. You sell drugs, you sell sex. Now, can you steal and sell products too? Sure, those kinds of things happen and, and they cover a portion. But the real money in the gang world right here in the United States is drugs and sex. And where does the sex come from? Sometimes it's the, you know, the gang members themselves or people that they know selling themselves. But just as often, it's making money on somebody else. Now, when I went to this movie, I, I had, you know, some expectations of what it would mean. And yes, I did already say they Hollywooded it out. I get that. But the premise behind it is still good. For all of those of you out there in podcast land who have a heart for kids, the people who cannot protect themselves because they don't know how yet, this movie would move you. It's a great story, yes, but it's a better story because there's reality behind it. These things are happening. Now, I love to outline a problem and then tell you what you can do. Because look, sitting on the sidelines, that's easy. Oh, it doesn't affect me. My kids aren't being trafficked yet. It does affect you. Your kids will be affected. If your kids go to a school with more than a thousand kids, chances are they will encounter at least a couple of kids who have been uh, trafficked in some form or another when it comes to sex. Whether they sold themselves whether somebody else encouraged them to sell themselves and then made money off of them, the, or whether they had been trafficked and somehow, by a miracle of the, of the good Lord himself, they got out of it somehow. And now they're in your school. But it's a quiet disease. So what should you do? Number one, support the movie. That's, that's just, you know, from a, a clinical perspective, when we put our limited time, limited energy and limited resources into supporting and in, in defending those things that matter to us, it does make a difference. Now, will that solve the problem? Absolutely stinking not. Nope. It won't solve the problem. But it does send a clear message. And the message is, we will protect our children. Okay, so that's one thing. Go support the movie. Another thing, there's all kinds of organizations out there. Now, some of them are trustworthy and some of them are not. Find trustworthy organizations and support those, the ones that support teenagers. For instance, uh, you know, just, just by luck of timing more than anything, I would think, 
uh, I, I, when I was at my, my church service this weekend, I know I'm talking a little more about church today than usual, but it's, you know, when it comes to protecting children, that's some of our exposure is going to be through that realm. We had some guests from Liberia. It was a choir. And some of those children that I interacted with, they were teenagers, they were traveling the United States, they were, their last stopping ground was here. Uh, and, and to be honest, I don't remember the name of the group where I would, I would tell it to you. Um, but this group came in and some of those children that were performing music for us came from some of the poorest parts of Liberia. And why does that matter? Because what we got to experience was kids who grew up literally knowing what child trafficking is because in their home where they come from, they, they sometimes were exposed to it. But even if that's not the case, you got to think beyond the bubble of just child trafficking. Because how do we sell our children? One of the things we do is we put them to work instead of give them an education. It doesn't have to be an either or. And that's one of the messages this group was sending. This group was sending the message that uh, you, you can choose to educate children and they can then make money on their own. It's the whole idea of teach them to fish and they will be able to make a living. So that's a good thing. That's another thing that you can do is teach a child to fish. Now, how do you do that? Love useful tools. I, I remember many, many years ago, and I don't have access to this here in my town, but there, there was a Big Brothers Big Sisters of America. Now, I'm not here to sell you on these things. You've got to look into them yourself. You have to decide where to put your limited time, your energy, your resources. Now, maybe you could just give money. Maybe that's the gift that you have. Maybe you could put in time and you could mentor a young uh, boy or girl. But big brothers, big sisters, I remember my experience with that. I remember the kid that I, I worked with in Central Oregon when I lived there. He was a neat little kid. We, we seriously, this, no joke. Uh, you know, I know I'm getting a little more on the, you know, what I've done in my life thing today than usual, but this is such a, an important, an important topic. I remember, you know, some of the things that we did, we literally took a volleyball and we went to the high school where they had a sand volleyball court outside and we played volleyball. I mean, he was just a little kid, but we hit the ball around. It was super fun. We got sandy, sandy, dirty. It was gross, but it was wonderful at the same time. Uh, you know, we, we did all kinds of stuff. We maybe build Legos, you know, done that with kids before, you know, play, uh, uh, you know, different kinds of board games. I mean, there's tons of things that you can do that are imperfect, but perfect at the same time. Because that's your time. What, what kind of uh, uh, time and energy and resources do you have to give? Right? Uh, here's the other thing. Another thing. Not the other thing. Another thing. Here's another thing. Get your kids involved. You know, my little town here has this, uh, this food program that we do in the summertime. 
And we, you know, basically go in and we prepare a whole bunch of sandwiches and vegetables and fruits and, and, you know, different kinds of snacks and desserts even. And, and we, we, it's funded by local uh, organizations who donate. So it's, it's a nonprofit organization that, that literally just takes donations. Um, and then we, we, we make all this food, prepare all this food, and we take it to these different locations around town. And kids can come in the middle of the day all summer long and get their lunch. Adults can too. We don't really ask questions. But the cool part was when my kids participated, my kids got to see what it was like to just hand out food to people who needed food and may not have otherwise had a meal that day. You know, we'd be at the library or at the school or wherever, and we would just hand out food. They'd come up and say, can I get two meals? We would hand out food. My kids would hand food to other kids. And sometimes they knew the kid, not knew the kid intimately like they were best friends, but that got to, my kids got to see the privilege that they have that kind of exposure, but also that kind of help is humbling and good. So get your kids involved. There's no reason not to. Those kids and those adults that walk up to get free food from you, they're not the problem. They just need some help. And maybe they do things in their life that are problematic and cause some of the issues that they have. Who cares? Feed them. If you have the time, the energy, and the resources to do it, just do it. Don't ask a lot of questions. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. At the end of the day, this, this whole concept of working for our kids, loving on our kids, this is a great topic. So there's some things that you can do. And if you listen to this and you're like, oh, that's great, Jeremiah. I should probably do all of those things. And you do nothing. Let me remind you of a little episode that we have around here sometimes. Doing nothing is something. And can you solve all problems? Look, if your heart isn't in to you know, protecting children, then don't do it. It's hard for me to imagine a scenario where there's people out there who could think that. But if you're not into it, don't do it. It won't work. You will do a crappy job. Don't do it. If you are pulled to do it, do one thing. Don't do all the things that I said. Do one. Just do one. You'll go to, go to the local library and say, hey, do we have a food program for kids in the summertime? Do it. Just ask the question. Make that your, your whole project for this year and see where it takes you. Okay, go to the food bank and ask, is there some type of program or is, in, is there some type of need that you have that I might be able to fulfill? Just do one thing in your local community. Or find an organization that stands for what you believe to be the right thing and give them $5. One-time donation of $5. Don't make it a monthly. Don't make it an annual. Just one time give $5 and see what happens. Because what we are talking about here is altruism. The idea of giving for the sake of giving, not for the sake of recognition. 
not because your job demands it of you. A job doesn't demand that you care about your job. But when you do, it's different. If you don't care about your job, find a job that you can care about and see the difference. Make a difference. Now, I do want to go back to this movie for a second because I do want to give you one more thing. At the end of the movie, after the credits, the uh, the, the star of the show, per se, came on and did a little special announcement. Now, it was it was a... A solicitation of sorts. But he said something in there that I want, I think is is a good send-off for us. The stars of the show are not the storytellers, the directors, the actors and actresses. The stars of the show have always been the kids. Always. As they grow up, some of them become the stars. If we don't treat them with the love and care that they deserve and they need, we fail them. So find something, anything, anything big, anything small, whatever you can contribute. Find something and take a step, one step, not 10. Not 20. Start with one and see where it takes you. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate your time. Please like, subscribe, share with friends, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information.